Well, the OTT local news aggregator sites seem to be getting into a bit of a traffic jam, Keith. Cox is playing hardball with a required sale of WPYO, an FM station in Orlando. And hybrid radio, is it a savior or just the latest light at the end of that long tunnel of traditional media with something else coming in the, in the tunnel to hit you head on? <laughs> Good morning with our opinions and comments. I'm Jackson Weaver in the Emerald City and in sunny Southern California, it's Keith Samuels. We aren't media consultants. We don't do that. We are media insultants. So welcome to the Thursday, December 2nd episode of Media Insultant. Keith, good morning. As you know, a couple of weeks ago, we talked about the latest news aggregator, View It. It's controlled by Gray Broadcasting, and it's the latest entrant into the battle for what they call, get, get this down for your, for your acronyms, AVOD, which is Ad Supported Video On Demand. Okay? Right. Got it. In other words, you can watch anything on the platform, but you have to put up with the advertising. So in this latest development... Gray has developed View It. We talked about that a couple of weeks ago. But they are now exiting from Sinclair's similar platform called NewsOn. They're moving their new ca- their newscast to all all their newscasts to the View It platform. Uh, okay. Interestingly, Sinclair says oh, we don't know anything about it, <laughs> and then they basically say, "Yeah, but who cares? We're just doing great the way we're doing." So. This is just really interesting because everybody's going to have one of these news aggregator platforms, all the big local groups. Gray is going to have View It. Sinclair has not only News On, it has Stir. CBS has CBSN. Mm-hmm. Uh, Byron Allen has Local Now. I mean, mm-hmm. the list goes on and on. Wait, wait, can they all survive? Does this make sense in an ecosystem with that many AVODs operating? I don't think so because – you know what? No one I know, including myself, have ever heard of any of these groups or any of these, any of these services. So, you know, part of it is, uh, what am I missing here? And or or is this just all going on in the background so that at some magic point in time, I'm going to open up my computer and go, oh gosh! So instead of walking into my den and turning on the TV, I'm going to sit in the other room with my computer and go, oh, I can watch Channel Five right here at my desk. I wonder if it's on the View It app. And I go to view it, and they go, oh, you don't have Channel 5 on view it. You only have, you know, Channel 13. And I go, oh, okay. Well, that was fun. Never to go back again. So, I, you know, I, I don't know what the, 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 the land rush is all about in this particular space, other than the fact that broadcasters, particularly television, certainly, because they're so video-centric, are so worried that we've all cut the cord and we're only watching through our computers and they need to be there with their news and content or else they're never going to have any viewers again. That's one thing. Or is it just because there's so much money in programmatic video advertising that unless you have a online video inventory of ad spots to sell, you can't play in that programmatic game. So I think they're just trying to scoop up programmatic dollars for now. And see what happens with the big agencies later on. Uh, but for now, it's all it's all about cheap programmatic commercials on video. Well, and they're also they also have strong local news content on most of these sites. But they also have, you know, real Class B and Class C old movies and TV shows and 
you know, old interviews that are long gone and long forgotten. So the, the platforms aren't just news, but they're trying to aggregate enough of an audience, as you said, programmatically, that they can sell it. And the mm-hmm. thing that's going to be interesting is these platforms have to be backed and anchored by large television groups. In and order promoted. To, in and order promoted to, by those big groups and all of their stations. Yeah, Exactly. And, and the, the, the problem for some of them, like Haystack, is if you don't have that local O&O news organization to feed content in locally, you're going to be in real prob- trouble. Because then you're just going to have to go out and get other stuff. Right now, people like Haystack and and News Now and Lo- uh, News On have gotten their news from a variety of television stations, and that's why Cox joined View It because Cox doesn't have their own platform at this point. Right now, if yeah. they join up with Tegna, maybe they've got enough. You know, they'll do their own platform too. So there's a distinct advantage for these groups that have good local news organizations. So. You know, radio has struggled with matching digital audio overall, and and maybe and maybe this hybrid model that we're going to talk about in a minute will help out. But first, Keith, when Cox radio stations were bought by the Apollo Group, they ended up having too many stations in two Florida markets, both Miami, uh, excuse me, both Orlando and Tampa Bay, St. Pete. Right. Now the FCC said to them, "Okay, you can you can buy the stations, but." In a year, you've got to have sold them. So by December 17th, these stations are supposed to be sold. And now the commission, the Cox is going back to the commission going, well, we couldn't sell them, you know. The market isn't strong enough. And, you know, gosh, look at the pandemic. I mean, we just can't sell them at a discount. We'd lose too much money selling them. They're being underpriced. Now, nobody's offered them any money for the stations except for one group, SBS. And SBS has come along, and they theoretically have offered as much as six million dollars for WYPO in or WPYO in Orlando. For some reason, WSUN doesn't get mentioned in this, but they also have to have WSUN sold by the seventeenth of December, or they uh, run into problems with the commission. So, I guess my question to you is: as you see it, Spanish is trying to force Cox into selling the station. Yep. Are they going to be able to do it? Is the FCC going to say, sell it or lose it? What's your opinion? Well, you know, and the FCC is going through hearings right now, and they're trying to, you know, promote uh, to you know, a new head of the FCC and add a new commissioner to the FCC. So, that, you know, there's a lot of distractions going on up there. So this is going to get some, you know, level below commissioner level that where some administrator is going to go, we grant these all the time. You know, when people have to sell, we grant them extensions all the time. And yeah, by the way, uh, COVID just crushed uh, radio revenue. So if you're if you're trying to sell a radio station based on its revenues and below that its net revenues, its profit, you know how can you how can you do that right now? In, in you know of a decent station in good markets, yeah, you're yeah we'll give you another year. I see that happening. Yeah, I do. But SBS is going whoa 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 whoa. No, they're bad. Cox is bad. They're bad. They don't want to sell it to us because. Uh, they don't want us as a competitor or they don't want us, you know, they want to, they want to make more money. They're greedy. They're greedy. You know, so it's like, oh, come on, you know, but so here is, here is SBS trying to, they're bottom feeding at least, you know, uh, PYO in Orlando. No word on whether they're trying to buy 97X in, in Tampa, WSUN. So I don't know what's going on with that one, but I, I think it's a combination of SBS trying to lowball the deal 
uh, Cox going, you know, give us, come on, come on, give us a little bit of time. You know, somebody, somebody will buy this. And, and so we can make a little bit more money back. These are going concerns. I mean, YPO in Orlando is a 2.7 share radio station. It's a, it's a top 15 radio station in Orlando. You don't want to just give it away to SBS. But here's SBS. SBS is really big in Miami. They have a big presence in South Florida. It's perfect, right? And Puerto Rico, by the way. Okay. Then they're in LA. They're in New York. You know, a few other major markets. But, you know, Florida is like they want a foothold. They want more stations in Florida. And so they're they're really going to push this, and they've gone public. I mean, you never see people go public no, with this. And no, go, that's right. No, that's no, right. we want you to deny Cox's petition for another extension. We want you to deny it. And it's like, whoa, I've never heard that. Now you were bringing up earlier in our prep discussion that when Clear Channel was aggregating all their group and consolidating their group, they put a what? How many? A couple of three dozen radio stations in what was called the Aloha Trust. And it was in the Aloha Trust. These stations, I think there's still some left in it. I don't think the Aloha Trust is emptied yet. So why all of a sudden is Cox a bad guy? Because they didn't sell the station in a year of COVID when these stations were practically out of freaking business. This is SBS trying to lowball it. And they're trying to make the, I think it's a, it's a, it, we're a minority broadcaster. We're Spanish language. Evil Cox won't sell us this. We, we can't get a station in Orlando. You know, so come on. I, you know, I think the commission just goes, uh, we'll give you six months or we'll give you a year and that's it. Get, and so we can get these SBS guys off our back. Well, the, the entire trust concept, as you commented with Clear Channel and iHeart then, is they held stations for years, maybe decades, in a trust. And the FCC never made a peep. Occasionally they come along and say, you guys ever going to sell those stations? And what did iHeart say? iHeart always said the same thing. Oh, well, the, the market's not good enough. We're not getting offers that are viable enough. So the FCC gave them extensions. And, of course, in the meantime, Keith, what did they do? They ran all their network spots on these stations. They bonused them for local stations or for, for their other local stations. They had local sales teams, in some cases, selling these trust stations. So yeah. it's a great deal. I mean, iHeart has proven you can keep them. All you got to do is put them in a trust. And that really well, and, and, and Cox precedent. and Cox, as you were saying, has put these two stations in a trust. So te- technically, they're kind of in that area to be in play, uh, and probably are being used just as you described to you know have bonus spots and network spots and whatever else. But you know they've done they've played by the rules so far, and now uh, now SBS you know really wants one, if not both, um, and. Um, you know, there's a big stink. All of a sudden, what the hell? Nobody ever, this never happens. Well, I'll so, tell you one thing. I would not want to be involved in closing that deal. That deal is going to get, if if the FCC forces Cox to sell to SBS, it's going to be acrimonious. They're going to drag it out for a couple of years and try and make it go away. Because, you know, that's, <laughs> that that is sales under duress at, at the very best. Okay, hybrid radio, we've talked about it a couple of times. We think it's kind of a cool idea. And... You know, a couple of people now in the business are beginning to acknowledge that uh, radio has lost the battle for dash, for the dash, for the car dash. Yeah, it's on the dash, but boy, not like it used to be. But there's some feeling that hybrid, which is basically a blending of over-the-air signal as well as digital streaming of the signal, in your car is a real good answer. And um, Mercedes has got a, a version of what they call DTS Auto Stage, which is this kind of a hybrid program that they're beginning to offer. 
They've got a couple of interesting interfaces. It's really very cool technology if it works. I haven't heard it, so I don't know whether it works. The interesting thing is that now Hubbard has joined a group called Radio DNS, which is the nonprofit technical standards group that promotes the growth of hybrid radio. And uh, they're joining him along with Odyssey and iHeart and some other large groups, all part of Radio DNS. This is really, I think, a very cool solution for radio stations. It doesn't solve the problem of diminishing audience. In other words, they got to still find somebody to tune in. And it doesn't solve the problem that, you know, radio's got a lot of commercials. And whether you listen to it over the air or you listen to it on the stream, you still got the commercials. So I'm not sure it solves that. But it's an interesting step forward. Uh, do you have an opinion on this? I guess the way to define this concept, when you talk about hybrid radio, and what what, we're tr- what, what these what these technology companies are trying to do, is that you're let's say you're listening to um, you know you're listening to Cairo FM, you're listening to your Seahawks, right, and you're and you're driving from Seattle east through I ninety you get to Issaquah, and then you start working your way up to the mountains. Now you're in North Bend, now you're in Snoqualmie, and now you lose the signal. And now you're going at, back down the other side to Cleelum, and you're over to visit the grandkids uh, in Leavenworth. And you didn't want to switch to the local station that had the game, so you want to keep listening to Cairo. So what it will do is it when you lose the over-the-air signal, right, it'll switch to that station's online stream. Right, right. Oh, oh! They don't have the right to stream the games on on the on the internet anyway, so you won't be able to hear that. But, but that's let's point. just say you could. You could, and uh, yeah, it's going to be this seamless, you know, back and forth. So you could go, oh yeah, I'm driving to Palm Springs, and I and I and I want to listen to, you know, Jack FM all the way to Palm Springs, but I lose the signal at at you know at at Beaumont, and uh, now I'm pissed off. It, it will find the stream, and you can then be streaming. Oh, but that's what you have to have an internet connection with your car. Okay, not cars don't come with an internet connect; they come with the ability to connect. But you've got to have a separate subscription, internet subscription, to to get to the internet in your car. Well, but right? you can you can do that with your cell that that with cell towers with five G. But you're right; oh, you'd have to have. Oh, some are kind they going to do this over cell, or are they going? Well, whatever. They'll do it over so cell. It's this, yeah, it's this, I'm going to be able to listen to a station whether I'm in the listening area or not, because it's going to stream that station for me either through 5G or through the internet, whatever I've got. And I'm thinking, okay, so there's those people that are, that are long-distance drivers that want to hear that. If I go through a tunnel, if I go through a tunnel, if I go through the Caldecott Tunnel in, uh, in, in Berkeley, if, you know, for five minutes, is it going to switch over and find my stream? Yeah. By the time I'm outside the tunnel in, in Orinda and then I'm back on the terrestrial station, I find this really confusing and like, wow, I missed, I missed my radio station for three minutes as I went through the tunnel. Wow, my life is freaking over. Oh, yeah, but- thank God I can stream it. Because what would I do if I couldn't listen to Coit for those 30, that, the two and a half minutes it took me to go through the tunnel? So I think this is a, a, a product developed for a need that doesn't exist. Because most people with internet connections in their cars, either 5G or through the web, are already streaming. Oh yeah, I'm listening to I'm listening to KFI with 30, with 40 minutes of commercials an hour and 20 minutes of content. Yeah, boy, good thing I good thing I wasn't without that for the next 15 minutes. But that's my point. And, you know, that's my and the point. other fun point is that you know those big stations are clear channel stations anyway. You can hear them for five states. 
It's a need. It's it's a product developed for a need. I don't think the consumer has. Yeah, I, I and you and I are going to disagree on this. I, I think, you know, my experience is that coverage areas for radio stations, particularly, uh, unless you've got an absolute flamethrower in any major market, can be really problematic. And being able to go back and forth between the two, you know, can be uh, could be really beneficial for radio. Now, that doesn't address the commercials that you mentioned, and it doesn't address that first we have to get people to tune in radio and, and believe that they're going to get it, you know, a good entertaining product. So, well, you know, and I think and I think your point's well taken is that radio station owners are worried that at some point in the very near future, your radio in your car, your audio device in the car, will not will not be equipped to, to receive radio. Right. You know, they're, they're, it's like they're going to, at some point, the manufacturers are going to go, screw it. You know, find Spotify, find Pandora, find Sirius. You're on your own. But we're not going to put this AM, FM thing in anymore because nobody listens to it. Nobody gives a shit about it. Nobody asks about it. You know, my 27-year-old nephews are not going to go, what? <laughs> what? <laughs> Take out their earbuds. What? <laughs> I, you know, don't you listen to Jack FM? Aren't you listening to Go Country? Aren't you listening... What are you talking about? Yeah. You know, I'm, you know, I'm uh, bye, you know, and then go the pie. So, and so, but they're doing this. So they make sure that they stay in the, the dash. They stay on the, they stay in these radio devices, listening devices uh, and hope and pray that somebody remembers how to push the band button to go, you know, AM, FM, serious, you know, well, you satellite. Can, you, but you can still argue that, that AM, FM still is a very prominent part of any dash and any, a lot of consumers' patterns. They at least know what AM/FM is. They, you know, they don't have to be confused about interfaces or anything like that. And this will be seamless. This will be behind the the scene. You know, car manufacturers are going to support it. It's like Mercedes has done, and it. I think it'll be a lifeline for radio if li- if radio can continue to come up with good reasons for people to make the choice of radio instead of yep. Spotify. All right, I need to shut up, and we need to shut down, Keith. We're out of time until next week when the media business will give us a whole new batch of exciting stories to comment and opine on. So go have a good weekend. I'll see you next Tuesday. Jackson, it's been a great week, buddy. We'll see you soon.